Welcome to the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah. Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Week 14 in the NFL, the Chicago Bears host the Detroit Lions today on the lakefront. And the Bears need a win. That's right. They entered this game 4-8, facing off a good Detroit Lions team, which, Abdal, we start things with looking back three weeks ago. The Bears were on the road November the 19th in Detroit. They had a game plan that seemed like it was working for, what, 95% of the game until the very end when the Bears defense gave it up. And the Bears lose that contest 31-26. to Today is a revenge date. It will be the end of a stretch of three straight division games with the two against Detroit and then the Minnesota game on Monday Night Football. Bears-Lions, it's a big game this weekend on the lakefront. It's the biggest. This is the biggest game. Uh, not just because it's today's game, but because, you know, if you zoom out, you know, 100,000 feet or 10,000 feet, whatever it is, I think it's 10,000 feet. 10,000. 10,000 feet. I thought 100,000 feet would be really Pretty high far. up. That'd be think, really think high up. Think you're in space. That'd be really at high that up. Point. Well, we might have to zoom out that far for the Bears. Uh, if you zoom out, you know, the 10,000 feet and you look at this game, there's a lot riding on this game, I believe, for the Bears, for Matt Eberflus, for Justin Fields, because this is a chance to, one, win another divisional game, a chance to win two games in a row, the first time they've done that in almost a year. January 2nd of 2022 was the last time they won two games in a row. So going into this game, there's a lot riding just because of the implications on the future of Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields. You've had an extra week to get ready for this Lions team. You were beating them for a majority of the game like you said, three weeks ago. Now you're at home. It's, it's quote, bare weather today. Jared Goff does not perform well when it's cold outside, when he's outside of the dome. So to me, this is a, a must-win game for Matt Eberflus and for Justin Fields for their future. Because if you look at the remaining games on the schedule, how many times are we going to be able to say, well, he's got four games to prove. Well, he's got three games to prove. Well, he's got two games to prove. This is it. Like, if this goes poorly, like, if they just come out completely flat, this, to me, could be it. Because next week you face a very good defense in the Browns, and then you have two not great teams in the Falcons and the Cardinals, or Cardinals and the Falcons, I mean, I believe. And then you've got the Packers, who might be playing for a wild card or playoff spot at that point. So this is a, a very big jumping off point for the rest of the season for the Bears, especially the coaching staff if they want to stick around and Justin Fields if he wants to stick around with the Bears. Looking back on that matchup, uh, Jared Goff, he threw for uh, three interceptions. The Bears had four uh, they took four turnaways away from the Lions in that contest. The Lions scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. And going back to that game, you know, Cairo Santos hits a field goal with 4.15 left in the fourth quarter. The Bears were up 12. So you have an opportunity, four minutes left in the game, up 12 points, unable to hold on. And, and we knew, you know, we know at the time in, in the conversation after that game about the missed opportunities, the blown coverages in the secondary, just the inability to take advantage of what was given in front of you. You know, Jalen Johnson biffed a chance where he would have had, what, a 98-yard touchdown yeah. for an interception return, bounce off his hands. Like, small things like that didn't go the Bears' way, but they did a lot of good in that contest. 
Offensively, I liked a lot of the stuff we saw from Justin Fields. They ran the football and they threw the football down the field. I, I like what we saw from the Bears offense against the Lions defense. And I think that's where today there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity at home to dictate how this game is going to be played. The Lions are a better team, no doubt about it. But your defense has been playing much better in the last month or so of this season. So today, have the defense go out with a strong effort and utilize the game plan that we saw against the Lions almost a month ago where you're on the road, yet Justin Fields looked comfortable and he looked like a playmaker and a guy that was starting to develop. And I think that's where this whole conversation also could kind of point to the Justin Fields debate and whether or not he's going to be the guy for the long term. This is a team for the second time this year. We've seen now against the Vikings in both matchups, the Vikings had Justin Fields' number. He struggled in both of the Vikings games. Mm -hmm. And the Vikings knew blitz the heck out of Justin Fields and you're going to disrupt everything. The Lions tried to apply the pressure, but Fields got the best of them in most situations and he used his legs. And I think we'll see a lot of that today as well. Yeah, if you look at the last three games, he's rushed for over 100 yards. This is a Lions defensive line that is really uh, banged up too. Their secondary is not very good either. So there's going to be opportunities to score here for the Bears. I wouldn't be surprised if they run the exact same game plan. And you can say, oh, Chris, Adam, well, the Lions will be expected expecting it. He's run for over 100 yards both times. Well, they should have been expecting it in the first game, and he still did it. He still ran for 100 yards. And I don't care how they win this game. I just want them to win this game. The opportunities are going to be there. You were the better team on the field for 56 minutes of that football game three weeks ago. And then, of course, obviously we know what happened. The defense let them down, and they end up losing that game. So you need to find ways to finish games. That's like the, the you're going to have the, the Panthers' number one pick. I'm back to, I want to see this team win games. I don't care what the game plan is. If it calls for 30 screen plays, fine. If it calls for Justin Fields to run over for, uh, for over 100 yards and only throw for 150 yards, then f- that's fine too. Because he needs to be able to execute the game plan, right? Like the game plan can be whatever it is. Justin Fields has to be able to, whether it's looking downfield and finding open receivers, whether it's, you know, tucking and running, whether they're using RPOs, whatever it is, if they're rolling him out, he's got to be able to execute. You need a quarterback that can, you know, be molded game to game and can execute whatever game plan you put in front of him. And I think this is a big opportunity for Justin Fields to put up some decent numbers against a very banged up Lions defense. The Bears started this week kind of appearing as if they were completely healthy. And as the week kind of went on, Thursday and Friday specifically, more names popped up on the injury report. Uh, Heading into the game, though, not too bad as we head into this matchup in week 14. Uh, EQ St. Brown, his list is out. They ruled him out on Friday. He did not practice Thursday or Friday with a pectoral muscle injury that he injured in practice. Uh, Outside of that, Tyler Scott with a hamstring. He was limited on Friday. He's questionable today. Yannick Ngakwe was limited on Thursday. He was a full participant on Friday with a knee injury. He's questionable for today. And Valus Jones did not practice on Friday. He has an illness. He was listed as questionable for today. Outside of that, the Bears are pretty healthy heading into this matchup. I would imagine Ngakwe will go today. Uh, Tyler Scott will have an opportunity to step in uh, with St. Brown not there. But St. Brown is a big deal when it comes to the blocking game for Justin Fields and for this run game. Uh, So we'll see how it kind of works out. And uh, Valus Jones, illness, let's keep that... uh, 
We're, we're good with that. <coughs> Stay home. <coughs> if you don't feel good, let's not yeah. get the rest of the team don't sick, get, my Don't man. infect the rest of the team. Well, you rest up. You get better. I don't need these to be one of these flus that just run through, that runs through the locker room, and then they're not healthy next week, you flus? know? Flus or a flu? Flus. A flu. <laughs> flus. Eber flus. Okay, all right. I just wanted to make sure. I, I, I didn't know if I quite heard it right. Eber flus. I don't know if yeah. I want either running through the locker room. Eber flus. All right, fair enough. Uh, Black and Abdallah here on a Sunday morning, getting you ready for Bears football. <laughs> if you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 312-332-3776. What are your expectations for today? Do you agree with Abdallah? Abdallah says this is the most important game left this season. I disagree with your take on that. I think uh, with five games to go, you can lose today and still find a way to win four more games this year. Cleveland, Atlanta, Arizona, Green Bay. Those are all winnable games. Uh, Don't come at me, Packer fans. I get it. You have a nice couple of weeks. Good luck with Jordan Love. Good luck. Wow. A lot lot of people are touting Jordan Love as the next Hall of Fame quarterback for the Packers. Good luck to you. Get out of here. So... I don't think today means if you lose today, the season is absolutely a wash. You got to fire the coach. You got to get rid of the quarterback. I think there is an opportunity after today. What I will mention, though, that aligns with your thought process is if you go out there and win today, eight wins is certainly doable. Oh, absolutely. Certainly doable. Absolutely. I'm not going to go to nine, but if you win today, Things are possible. And, and, you know, like, how could you get to the end of the season and look back and suggest that it was a failed season if you get eight wins? Mm-hmm. I don't know how you do that. I, I, I think you and I agree. Eberflus, not the guy. He could also still win eight games yeah. and, and be deemed having a successful season, yeah. even though we know he's not the guy for the future. Yeah, and, and I'm going to be the guy that's scrounging the casino floor looking for my over seven and a half ticket, being like trying to iron it out before I hand it to the person to be like, hey, uh, I think this cashed when they get to eight wins. And Chris, I'm not the only one. That thinks it's must win. Not you, the only one. What do you have there? You have a freshly printed piece of paper. Not the only one. Jeremy Fowler wrote today in his column on ESPN.com some news and notes from around the league. He had this to say about the Bears. This is a crucial five-game stretch for the Bears, who are quietly 4-4 four and four over their past eight games after a disastrous 0-4 start. The smoke about Coach Matt Eberflus's future is apparent in league circles. But the feeling among people with the team is that the Bears have improved. Eberflus's team has continued to play hard for him. He has listened to team leaders when they've expressed concerns. And perhaps most importantly, quarterback Justin Fields' play has been steadier since returning from the thumb injury. And the Bears really want to beat the Lions this week after blowing a 12-point lead in Detroit two weeks ago. The locker room is fired up for this game, and a win would do a lot for both the Bears and Matt Eberflus. I think the part that points that I circled the most, he has listened to team leaders when they've expressed concern. We know he does that because TJ Edwards told us on one of our Bears night in Chicago's this season that they wanted to blitz more. They wanted to attack the the quarterback more. And Eberflus did incorporate some of that into the... I'm going the- above that. I'm going above that. I believe the team leaders are Poles and Warren. Oh, you don't think that that means team leaders as like players? I'm I'm wondering oh, I, if that I, means I, like, I heard that and I thought like the captain group that he he because he has be. a leadership group that it he could be either. Can, I think that if if you know 
like we we've heard it from Ryan Poles, who said that you know your best player Montez Sweat wasn't in the game when you needed him when the Lions were driving down the field. Is that's a, a team leader coming to you and saying, "Get your best guys on the field. I don't care about your rotation." Yeah, but wouldn't you think that if if that that's not li- like uh, the way that's written would tell me that he's considering their thoughts. If if your boss is coming to you and saying <laughs> that you can't do something anymore, then unfortunately you ban Mitchell into the splains until the the year is over. Well, right? I was told through February now. I was told his last comments when he said talk is cheap got him an extra it's like it's like when you I once got a detention and then I mouthed off to the teacher or the uh, the dean who gave me the detention and they tacked on two more detentions just because of something I said under my breath that's how I feel like Danny was to Mitchell and Displays on, on Friday when he called in uh, and we took him when we were in for Waddle and Sylvie my point is we didn't take into consideration and and said, oh, good good point. We just well, that's now how it's going to go. Yeah, right. Like so, if it's coming from above, yeah, you you do what they ask. True. If it's coming from your team leaders on the roster, then you take into consideration what they're saying. Well, and he does say perhaps most importantly, quarterback Justin Fields' play has been steadier since returning from his thumb injury. And you know, people will say, well, he didn't. They didn't score any touchdowns against the Vikings. They won the game. He executed the game plan. Did he get in the end zone? No. But did he have costly turnovers? Did he cost them a game? Did he fumble and then someone picked it up and ran it into the end zone like they did against the Broncos? Like We've seen Justin Fields have 17 turnovers in the fourth quarter. Those are backbreakers. Those cost you games. He hasn't done that. He's getting the ball out faster. He's limiting the turnovers. We've gone over his stats. His completion percentage is up almost 5% from last year. He's taking less sacks. He's got less interceptions. If he has a few touchdowns a game, if he has two touchdowns a game from here on out, he'll have over his touchdowns from last year. I know he missed four, four games this year, but he missed time last year as well. And so I think if they win eight games... It's going to be very tough to fire a head coach that won eight games. I think it will be also tough to move off of the quarterback. Absolutely, because I think it's implied that Fields plays well or at least doesn't cost you games if they win four more games. Well, think about two voices that you hear on ESPN 1000, both former players, Yerko and Lance Briggs. They have painted a picture of development and a team working on things that were issues and getting better through a season. Mm -hmm. And both have said in the last month on ESPN 1000 that you don't need to go and fire the head coach and get rid of the quarterback. You need to continue building forward. And the point that they've both said on the air, and Lance has said to us, Yurko has said to us, is that if, if you go and fire the head coach and you get rid of the quarterback, now you're going all the way back down to zero and starting again. Yeah. I get some Bears fans just want that. There are people in this city who are obsessed with the tank. They're so they're so far away from actual winning in this city that they think the only thing in sports is to give up and fail. So then, hopefully, you can you can get the next LeBron James. That's all people concern themselves with in this city. I am starting to lean towards what the former players continue to tell us that you're building something here. Yeah, is Justin Fields great? No, he's not. By the way, in the Twitch chat, you're being called an apologist now for Justin Fields. So I just want to get that out there. They won the game. No, but you're being called an apologist. They won the game. What If that was the Eagles and they didn't score a touchdown and they won the game, people wouldn't be like, oh, you're a Jalen Hurts apologist. 
They won the game. That's all they care about is winning games. I agree. I want to see wins, and I think there is some level of development taking place. Now, do I think for the long term, Eberflus is a, a great tactician as far as game management? No, I don't think so. And I think the Bears are at a disadvantage. And I think today is going to be a great test because you had a full week to prepare. You were on the bye. You have the Lions coming to your house where you outplayed them for most of the game last time you saw them. Come out with that same energy. Don't fall behind early and then expect your quarterback to bail you out of a game mm-hmm. today. Get the lead early. Chase on the south side, you're on ESPN 1000. Hello, Chase. Hey, good morning, fellas. What's up, Chase? What's going on? Abdallah, what's up, man? What's up? Nothing much, man. Um, So, listen, my expectation is that I expect this team to play really well. Um, But the thing is this, right? I think, okay, like we both know that if they win this game, it's important. Okay, fine. I think it's more important that they come out ready to play because if they come out flat, um, the offense looks unprepared because we've seen times where I think you remember that Minnesota game, um, they had a 10 days off and the offense looked really like in flux, like fields didn't look ready. And they lost that game that a defense play well, but the offense looked flat. Um, we can't see games like that. Like, if we have a game where, like today, where the offense don't look prepared and you see mistakes and all that, then that's an indictment on the coaching staff. We can't have that. You know, we got to have game. We got to see more aggression. You know, I want to see. Chase, you know what that reminds me of? Week one this year against the Packers. Yeah. You get the ball to start the game and you roll out there for a a short yardage fourth down play with Cole Komet under center with some kind of nonsense. Like like let's go let let's you're right aggression let's let's push forward let let's go to the money plays early and let's get a lead. Hey, hey guys, can I ask you a question though? Like, I just want to know this: like, are we sort of in a situation where we're in like in a very confusing situation as Bears fans? Because I feel like we want we want to see this team win, we want to see this team play well, but at the same time, we're not sold on this coaching staff. So. Is it at the point where there's like a gray area? I think that's the problem right now. Like Sylvie always say, we're in this gray area with this coaching staff and the quarterback. You know, it's like it's no black and white. It's like worst case scenario, we could end the season where the team finishes mediocre and we're still wondering, do we got the right quarterback? Do we got the right coach? It's like we're stuck in this gray area. I just want some answers on do we have the right people to run this to move forward with? And I just feel like, I'm worried that we're going to be in this gray area that Sylvie was that Sylvie always preach about, and I and I feel like guys, don't you have that same feeling that you want to see this team win, you want to see this team do really well, but you also not sold 100 percent on this coaching staff, and that's the thing oh, that yeah. I'm a little yeah, we're not about. sold, not sold at all. Thanks for the call, Chase. Appreciate you. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Black and Abdallah, the pre pre show. We're getting you ready for the Bears and the Lions on the lakefront. Chicago Bears pregame. Pregame. It's the game day tailgate show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. You can listen to the Bears face off against the Lions today at Soldier Field right here on ESPN 1000. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, we'll have the call of the game starting at noon. 
At 10 o'clock, we'll have our network pregame show. Sylvie, Lance, and Dion will get you ready for Bears and Lions here in week 14. Detroit enters the game as the 21st team in the NFL in defensive yards per play, Abdallah. And when you look at the Lions in the last couple of weeks, they really have given up a lot of points. You know, dating back to that Bears game, they won the football game. They gave up 26. uh, The week after for Thanksgiving, they gave up 29 to the Packers. They gave up 28 points to the Saints. Uh, The week before the Bears, they gave up 38 to the Chargers. Now, I know the Bears offense, compared to a couple of those, isn't necessarily on par. But the Lions defense in the last few weeks, the last month especially, They've given up a lot of points, and they started to fall in some of the rankings around the NFL. Yeah, that's why I think there'll be opportunities for Justin Fields in the offense. I think that, you know, when you, whether it's on the ground or or through the air, I think this is going to be, this could be a big game for Justin Fields and the offense. I think you're going to see with Equimini St. Brown out, I think you're going to see a lot of Robert Tunyon in there, you know, blocking um, where EQ St. Brown would normally be if he was in there. I think this is a big opportunity for Tyler Scott, too. You know, Darnell Mooney hasn't really been out there a lot. I think he's been out there, but he hasn't really put up the numbers that we kind of expected Darnell Mooney to see. You know, we thought that with the addition of DJ Moore, that maybe he gets double teamed. Maybe he, you know, is bracketed more and that kind of thing. And that would free up some space for Darnell Mooney to get some work in and to, to, you know, to open him up a little bit more. And we just haven't really seen it. And I think that, you know, he's on a contract year this year. He's going to be a free agent next year that maybe he comes back on a team friendly deal because he hasn't really had the output that was expected of him this year. But also I think this is an opportunity for Tyler Scott. You know, he dropped that touchdown, uh, what would have been a touchdown a couple weeks ago. And I think this is an opportunity for him to, you know, kind of not really regain that trust because Justin Fields said he'd trust him completely. You know, obviously that's not a big deal for him, but to kind of, you know, show what he can do as a rookie this year. I think a lot of the rookies have played very well. You know, Roshan Johnson has been very good uh, for the Bears offense this year. I think that, you know, obviously uh, Darnell Wright has been great uh, playing with half a shoulder uh, for most of the year on the offensive line. But someone that I've wanted to see a lot more from is Tyler Scott. And I think with the injuries to the uh, the Lions defense, the way that they are, they're not going to be able to get to Justin Fields as much as long as the offensive line holds up because they've got some injuries to their defensive line their secondary hasn't been very good as you mentioned i think this opens up a lot of opportunities for some guys here for the bears offense you want a quarterback to lead you when the game is late you want them to take you down the field and score when the the game is in the balance we saw that against the vikings game right like fields didn't have a good game except that final drive he found more over the middle and set up for the field goal bears win the football game yeah I also want a quarterback willing to take the kill shot. And third and nine from the Chicago 26, fourth quarter, two minutes and 51 seconds left. Fields went for the kill shot, and he nailed it. The receiver, Scott, didn't run through the football yeah. and missed the completion. And that's what you're saying, the drop pass. Mm-hmm. My quarterback made the play. Yeah. The receivers have to help him out. Now, against Minnesota, the receiver helped him out. The Bears win the football game. If Scott continues running, mm-hmm. he catches that football. Mm-hmm. First down Bears, the game is over. That's touchdown Bears. First down Bears, that's touchdown Bears. At the very least, first down, game over. You add that touchdown, game over. 
And everyone is raving about how great Justin Fields was because he made the play earlier in the game where he stepped up in the pocket and went for it all and found DJ Moore. Back of the end zone. Touchdown. Mm -hmm. If he completes that pass to Scott, the perception on Fields in the last month is certainly more favorable of the Bears building around this quarterback than a lot of fans calling up this radio station suggesting that we have to draft Caleb Williams number one at all costs. If the receiver just runs through it, your quarterback went for the kill shot. We're talking about... He nailed it. We're not only talking about a different mood, I think, of Getze, I think of Eberflus, of Fields, but also of the team because they could be going for four in a row today. Well, it'd be four in a row. You'd you'd be in the hunt. You'd be all. Oh, you'd, you'd be, be in, in the, the playoff hunt. mix. Because, like, think about it at that point. Like, if you add one more win to the standings of mm-hmm. Dal, where where does that place the Bears in the mix with the rest of the NFC? And that an additional win. So, if you're sitting there at five, you're sitting at five and seven at the moment. You win four in a row. You're with Tampa, New Orleans, who are both battling to get into the wild card situation. That's only a game back. Well, and also that game against only the Packers is super meaningful yeah. at the end of the season. But it's only a game back. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what we said this team would be on pace for. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, that's why I think that they'll, they will look to exact a little bit of revenge. And I think the defense is more looking for revenge than the offense. I think if you look at this team defensively against the run, they're one of the, they're top 10 against the run in expected yards per play against the run, uh, through uh, after week six this season. This defense has really come along and it's led to some crazy phone calls about, uh, you know, should Matt Eberflus stick around as defensive coordinator, which is not going to happen. But, when you look at the since he has taken over the role as defensive coordinator after his defensive coordinator was uh, fired uh, for HR violations, um, he has really you know the defense has really come into its own. I think it also helps that you know you add Montez Sweat the last couple weeks. He's played very well. He's had a couple sacks, but also it takes a while for a lot of these new faces. To come together, the Bears spent a lot of money on the defense in the offseason, especially the linebacker position. And, you know, and they drafted for the defensive line. They spent money on the defensive line. It takes a while for that stuff to come together and for them to play as a cohesive unit. We've talked to TJ Edwards about it. We'll talk to him tomorrow about it for Bears Night in Chicago. We've talked to Tom Thayer about it. Lance Briggs. It takes a while for these teams to come together and play as a cohesive unit. And ever since, you know, week five, week six of the season, this defense has been playing really really well and i think at home in the cold jared goff had three interceptions the last time they played in the dome he doesn't like playing in the cold his stats against the spread are horrible against the cold he's four and six against the spread in his career with 10 plus mile an hour wins there's 11 mile hour wins today he's 9 14 and one against the spread outdoors in december and january like there's an opportunity for this defense to do the same thing that they did to jared goff in the first game Finish this time. Finish the game this time. Abdallah mentioned linebacker TJ Edwards. He will join us tomorrow night. Blacking Abdallah, 6 to 8. Bears night in Chicago, presented by Miller Lite. We will be at Scratch Public House in Forest Park. So join us tomorrow night. TJ Edwards, the leading tackler in the NFC, will join us uh, tomorrow night at Scratch Public House in Forest Park. Blacking Abdallah, we'll take your calls at 312-332-3776. We're getting you ready for Bears and Lions. The new home of the Bears. It's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Blacking Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago.
Sunday, hanging out with you on ESPN 1000. We're previewing the Bears and the Lions, but yesterday was a day in sport. Woo! What, like, all right, first of all, uh, are any of our Cub fans, are they okay today? Everything good? You guys all right? Because I, I know on Friday there was some coping that was going on that was... No, I'll tell you this, Chris. I'll tell you this. It was very I wouldn't angry. spend $700 million yeah. on one player. You know, on I wouldn't jackass. do it. Would you would you spend it on a jackass? I wouldn't. No. Okay. He's a malcontent. Because that's what I heard on Friday morning is that Shohei Otani is a jackass. jackass. I want to see. Okay. So for me, it turned right. So it turned when we found out that he wasn't in Toronto and John Morosi had to apologize. <laughs> Dude, at that point, don't you just leave that tweet out there? Just not yet. Just, was leave on the plane? just say whatever. Who cares? All right. I was wrong. Who get, who cares? You know, whatever. So I. This is very petty of me, <laughs> I don't, and I don't care. Did you did you send uh, that tweet to someone? No, 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 oh. no. I really, really wanted the Cubs to sign him. Oh, just yeah, so, yeah, of course. Just you so want. Cap had to talk about him for the next ten years. Well, no, no, no. It, he no, would have no, flipped no. so quickly oh, on that. He absolutely would have. Yeah, because well, on Monday, he been like, Monday well, Hood would have been like, deferred. Yeah, yeah he would have been all like this kind of stuff. And I was like, all right, Jonathan whatever. on Monday would be like, so what do you think about the Cubs signing that jackass for uh, seven hundred million dollars? And then Cap would have spun it towards how great it is for, yeah. for Cub fandom or whatever the case may be. No, I wanted the Cubs to sign him just so just so I could just for me to tweet out. What a jackass. So, so the news is uh, Shohei Otani yesterday decided he will sign with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Ten years, $700 million. Man. Jeff Passan was on SportsCenter yesterday uh, saying that his contract year to year, though, a lot of that money will be deferred. Yeah. They don't know how or when that will take place, but he suggested that the per year average salary for Shohei would be more around the like four hundred four uh forty million, fifty million dollar range and not seventy million dollars a year for yeah. a player. Yeah. So the Dodgers get him. Uh I my take on the Dodgers ha- have been when the Cubs were building their team to chase a championship, your peer in that group, it was the Los Angeles Dodgers. Mm-hmm. They were the team that was also building and fighting against you in the playoffs to get championships. You went one way down one path where then you blew up your entire team and you wanted to start over again. And the Dodgers have won, I think, 10 of 11 division titles. Yeah. And they've made the playoffs every single year. They've won a World Series and they continue to spend. Uh, They continue to uh, chase excellence. And uh, Passon also said in SportsCenter last night that the, the, a part of the reason why he wanted to go to the Dodgers and not anyone else is because the Dodgers in the last few years have shown the ability to get the edge when it comes to winning. Mm-hmm. And it's something that Shohei is obsessed with is becoming the best that he can be and getting that edge and that the Dodgers at every level of their organization shows that they can find the edge and to be great, and that's why he wanted to sign with the Dodgers. And and the Cubs now are left looking around. Uh, how, how are you going to spend your money this offseason? How are well, you going to upgrade this ball club? Because going hope, out and spending $40, $40 million on Craig Council doesn't really do anything if you don't have any upgrade at the player positions. Their hope is to sign Cody Bellinger, but I don't know. Maybe the Dodgers could sign him. I don't. They have the money. They've got the money deferred. 
I don't know. So the hope is Cody Bellinger. I mean, there's some hope out what you can still trade. Yeah, I mean, none of the Japanese pitchers have signed yet, so Yamamoto is still available. Um, I mean, if you were going to, you know, the money should be there regardless. It shouldn't have been a Shohei or bust type of deal for the for the Cubs. It should be well, especially if you heard five hundred million and you weren't well yeah. into it. And by the way, shout out to Bob Nightingale. He essentially was right all the way along. So yeah, and Jesse backed him up. Jesse Rogers backed him up. We're right, but Nightingale had this story two days ago saying that the Dodgers have talked to Joe Kelly, mm-hmm. and Joe Kelly is going to give up his number seventeen yeah. jersey so then Shohei could have it. Yeah, I mean Night- Nightingale nailed the story. He did. So give credit, because I know people are really concerned with the scoreboard on reporters. Yeah. So give a point to Nightingale. Oh, two points. Nightingale nailed it. He gets two points. <laughs> this is this this is the biggest signing ever for baseball. He might get three points for this. Uh, so yesterday was a big day in sport. Uh, LSU's quarterback, Jaden Daniels, wins the Heisman Trophy. Uh, he had a fantastic season. Abdallah, he's a quarterback. When people are talking about options for the Bears to go after in the NFL draft, that's not really a name that's ever brought up is Jaden Daniels. Mm-hmm. Yet he wins the Heisman. You look back on his season. He had an incredible season. He threw for 40 touchdowns. He only had four interceptions. And obviously LSU wasn't in the national title conversation. So people forget uh, players who are not involved in that discussion. Michael Penix, Bo Nix have really, really uh, climbed uh, the opinions of many, I think, Bears fans. Uh, but Jane Daniels, he wins the Heisman. Uh, last night in New York. Yeah, and I think, you know, he had a great season. I think that, you know, Bo Nix lost it in the Pac-12 championship game. Like, if you followed the odds as the game was going along, Bo Nix was the hands-down favorite to win at the start of the Pac-12 championship game. And as they were losing, and he was throwing interceptions, and he was not playing well, it became Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels had the best stats, had the best um, year of a quarterback for in college football this year. And Kirk Herbstreet yesterday, uh, I believe it was before the broadcast, maybe it was on game day, said he's going to be the steal of the draft. Now, you turn this back and look at the Bears and say maybe, you know, he's a if they do decide to keep Justin Fields, maybe he's a second-day option. Maybe he's, a, a you know, a, a second- or third-round type of guy. I don't know if he's going to be... I don't think he's going to be a first-round pick. I don't know if Jaden Daniels is going to turn this into being a first-round pick. He might. We, we always see it in the NFL, the run on quarterbacks in the first round. It always happens. And whether it's Penix late or if it's Jaden Daniels late, it could be a first-round, first-day pick. But if this is someone, you know, whether it's uh, if the Bears decide to stick with Fields, whether it's him, whether it's J.J. McCarthy, whether it's someone even later in the draft, I feel like he's going to be a – I don't know if he's going to come in day one and be, like, as good as Joe Burrow, like the last LSU quarterback to win the – the Heisman Trophy, right? Like, I don't think he's going to step in day one and be great the way Joe Burrow played when he came to the NFL. I think he's going to take a year or two. So bringing him in with Justin Fields might not be a bad idea, but if he's he can be that guy, listen, he goes into a training camp, he impresses, he starts from day one, he, he could probably be the guy. Doesn't he fit all the, pro, all the like things that people want now in a quarterback that they're drafting? He's almost 23, so he's older, he's experienced. Uh, he's 6'4", mm-hmm. so he's tall. Uh, we, you know, we look at the measurables that way. He has an accomplished college football career. Now, the winning not necessarily there, but they did win games, and he he excelled. Forty touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, I I'm th- I'm seeing in some places that five quarterbacks go in the first round, and that Daniels is the third one now behind Drake May and Caleb Williams. 
I don't know. I, I think it'll be interesting to see if that's the type of guy that if the Bears are able to kind of maneuver with their first pick, trading out of it, and then mm-hmm. wherever their pick that they own falls. You know, if you can land Marvin Harrison Jr. and you can get a quarterback, I think that would be the most ideal situation. Most ideal situation. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is an absolute can't-miss prospect. And if you don't have to spend that first pick on a quarterback, then your ability to still stick in the top five and land Harrison Jr., I think would be the best move that the Bears could pull off. Yeah, absolutely. I think trading back to like three or four, and because then you know, depending on how the draft board falls, right? And you know, because the problem is if the Cardinals are there and they decide to stick with, with Kyler Murray, they're probably taking Marvin Harrison Jr., right? So you probably can't go past the Cardinals. So if the Cardinals end up two and you're worried about it, you might have to take Marvin Harrison Jr. one if you really want him, right? Uh, if the Cardinals fall to three or four, maybe you trade with another team and you stay in front of them and you try to get Marvin Harrison Jr. that way. You still stay in the top ten, top five for you for with you know swapping picks with whoever, and then you still get Marvin Harrison Jr. You maybe get another first round pick for next year. And then we're doing this whole dance again while you continue to improve the team around, whether it's Justin Fields, if you decide to stick with him, or you draft a quarterback in the first round this year. So I think there's, it's going to depend a lot on how, on the Cardinals, right? Because if they decide to stick with Kyler Murray, yeah. they're going to end up taking a wide receiver, most likely. Everybody else is probably taking quarterbacks. So you kind of have to hope that the Cardinals win some games here. Not necessarily against you, but it might not be the worst thing in the world if the Cardinals beat the Bears towards the end of the season. And uh, to finish up this segment, yesterday was a big day in sport. Uh, Congratulations to Adam Abdallah and his Los Angeles Lakers and uh, your love for LeBron James. What are you doing? Rising up and uh, giving a moment and lifting the first NBA in-season tournament trophy. Congratulations to all of you LeBron lovers. First of all, if you want to fight in the street, we can. (laughs) We can go right out into the street and fight right now. We'll just do it in the next segment. Just play some parody songs from Waddle and Sylvie, and you and I will go out in the street and, <laughs> and fight and fight because and Russell? I am not a Michael Jordan or I'm not a LeBron guy. You're a what? I am a Michael Jordan guy. I am a Michael Jordan guy, first and foremost. Smart okay. man. I will say though Sean agrees with you. I will say, Sean, that Michael Jordan never won an in season okay. NBA tournament. Please don't do this today. How many how many in season NBA tournament how many in season championships does Michael Jordan have? How many? How many on his mantle where he sleeps? Hmm? Did you see LeBron in the locker room <laughs> spraying champagne on nobody because he was the only one celebrating? Yeah, because it's stupid. Like it's a, a clown. It's a, The fact that they had champagne. Like, look, I get it for, like, the last guys on the roster. $500,000 is a lot of money. Yeah, I think the, uh, the last individual on the roster... His, that bonus will be like 25% of what he's going to make this year. That's amazing. It's a lot of money. That's great money. Do you know how much it is for LeBron and Anthony Davis? It's like 50 bucks. It's 1% of what they're going to make this it's year. It's so dumb. Like D'Angelo Russell was talking about, about how he's going to use it. Take your paycheck okay. and what you make in a year. And take 1%, 1% of it. 1%. How excited, dumb. how excited would you be for 1% of what you make? Well, I mean, it's nice. I'm not spraying champagne over it. It looked 
pathetically hilarious. Look, D'Angelo Russell even said he's going to use it on a nice vacation. Like, you, this you is heard nothing the first to these thing guys. Anthony Davis said last night, right? When yeah. he was talking to, uh, who was it, Lisa Sa- Saunders? Yes. Is that, yeah. Is that who was there? I believe so, yeah. Or was it when he was talking to Malika Andrews? His first thing out of his mouth was, this isn't real. This isn't the real one. Yeah. It's not the real one. What are you celebrating for? Listen, are they going to throw a parade? No, no. They better not. Can I mean, they just throw a parade for the day? It gave off COVID bubble vibes. Yeah, it absolutely did. That's what did. it gave off. It absolutely like, did. Here's what I... I'm watching the game last night. I watched, and I get it. Do not quote TV ratings. Because guess what? It was the only thing on television last night. It was night. a good game. Eh, it was a good game. It was an okay game. It was a close game. It was an okay game. It was a close game. It was an okay game. We're playing loose with it, saying it's a good game. It was, it was a good game. It was, a, it was an okay game. I watched it. It was the only thing on. The ratings are going to be huge because it was the only game on on national television. Yeah. How was last night better than a normal Saturday night in the in the league when there's 12 games that night? It, it's not. It's not better. It's not. It's not better at all. Now, if you want to say they made some of these games more important so people had interest, yeah, I get it. The TV ratings are going to show that people watch. I understand. The courts looked stupid. The celebration is stupid. The what whole th- thing is just dumb. What I think is dumb. That's what it is. What I think is dumb is that the and NBA. LeBron celebrating is just, it gives off COVID bubble vibes where you say, yeah, but it's not really a championship. Like, yeah, it's Pacers-Lakers. There are two teams in the middle. No one really cares. What I think is stupid is that the NBA is comparing the ratings. So they did this for the, uh, the uh, semifinals, right? They compared it to the window last year. Last year was an elimination basketball. Like, you can't compare. And it's on national TV. Like, you can't compare it to the window last year when you're talking about, like, I don't even know who was playing. But it definitely wasn't for anything. It wasn't elimination basketball. Right? Like, more people are going to tune in because there's something on the line, regardless. Right? It's, it's, it's not playoff basketball, but it's winner-go-home basketball. Right? Yeah, it's a nice gimmick in so, November. So comparing yesterday's ratings to the same December 9th ratings from last year is dumb because it's not the same thing. You had one game on national TV that was for a, quote, championship against what? A regular Saturday night in the NBA last year? I, I just can't take it seriously watching uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron James screaming in the fourth quarter and celebrating and like going nuts over something that really doesn't matter. That, that's what I, I can't, I can't get out. Like as I'm watching the game, yeah, it was a nice basketball game, but you're like, you're acting as if this is the NBA playoffs or the finals. It's not like it, it's nice for a team like the Pacers. Who's who never won anything and they won't win anything. All I know like that's is that a, that's what this is for. As a Michael Jordan fan, and Jordan, I just o- want to make sure that that Jordan, we establish that you're not a LeBron guy. Jordan it over sounded LeBron, like you're a LeBron guy. Jordan over LeBron every day and twice on Sunday. However, do you count this as a part of his championship mantle? All I know is that Jordan doesn't have any. Oh, please don't don't. Do it's this. the one thing he doesn't have. Blocking Abdal. ESPN Chicago. Chicago. It's, it's the game day tailgate show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Black and Abdallah, 
for the Bears and the Lions. Talking sports with you here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Pat in West Chicago, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Pat? How are you? Good morning. What's up, man? What's up? I got I got to bust your chops a little bit, uh, Black. Yeah. I, I don't know how much money you make, but let's just throw a ballpark out there. Uh, if you made seventy five thousand dollars in a in a year, yeah, one percent would be seven fifty. Okay. Now I don't know if I take a champagne shower for it, but I would celebrate seven hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> Pat, Chris is making seven hundred and fifty bucks on the NFL today. Are you kidding me? <laughs> making bets. FanDuel. It's just drop. It, it, I, I guess you professional gamblers, you know, it's, that is a drop in the bucket. <laughs> No, I I disagree with this. When LeBron James, who is probably worth a billion dollars or close to it, is celebrating that one percent, like, come on, he he is uh, he's a tryhard. He, he's only putting on to then support Adam Silver's. So then, when this is all said and done, <laughs> he can purchase a team in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's what this is. Like Wojnarowski had was talking about that report. Like he's like he regularly meets with it's NBA only, officials about thing, a team. It's the only thing he said last night. Yeah. But hypothetically, let's let's say you make a hundred thousand and. Uh, one percent is a thousand. Would you do you value a thousand dollars? Yes, I value a thousand dollars. I would, but I think the but, more you make, the less that. It, but the, yeah, the, you're making it, an assumption that he doesn't because he makes more that he doesn't value his money just as much as we do. It's I think I, mean, it's, I, get, I do get your point, but. But I don't think I the think money is the issue, is- Pat. The, the fact that he celebrated this in-season tournament like it's a real championship yeah, is, that's what is it, the problem. It felt phony. It felt fake. I think we got to have a cap like, uh, uh, I'm not going to give you $1,000, but <laughs> but if you can find a sponsor, you take a champagne shower, I think. It has, oh, yeah, it, I would it, do it that for a thousand bucks. Like, to it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'll spray champagne like I want a championship game. Don't worry about it. Absolutely. Maybe lick a little bit, too. Thank you, Pat. Thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it. There he is. If you're listening to us uh, outside Soldier Field right now, if you're listening to us while you're tailgating for this fine Bears game on this uh, middle of December, uh, you uh, were just treated to Pat asking Chris if he would lick a little bit of champagne. Yeah, well... Now, yeah. this is something we expect to hear many times today at Soldier Field. Hell yeah. Uh, we have brought you this information once this season. About a month ago, we told you about the Lions, their song. Uh, do you remember the conversation we had about the Lions song from back in the day that they yeah. have? Yeah. Uh, their song is from the 30s. Uh, their song is called Gridiron Heroes. Ooh. Lions, Gridiron Heroes. This is from... Graham T. Overgaard from the 1930s. This is Joe Schmidt of the Detroit Lions. Our fight song, Lions Gridiron Hero. I like it. Hear the brass section there. Oh. There's there's definitely a dude holding two symbols. <laughs> doing, doing, the, doing the big symbol crash. 
But the Lions don't lean into that song. They, uh, they, they, they had to modernize and they had to do all this other stuff, a bunch of different gimmicks now for uh, their song. But uh, hopefully in the stadium we get a lot of bear down Chicago Bears today. We only sing for uh, touchdowns, not field goals, though, unless it's a game-winning field goal. But that doesn't mean... I think the vibes are going to be at an all-time high. I feel like if you're tailgating right now, if you're getting ready for this game, if you're on your way to Soldier Field, I think a lot of Bears fans are expecting a win today. Well, at least you have a chance. I don't feel as hopeless as we did perhaps two months ago when the season really seemed like it was submarining. Yeah. Like, it does feel like this team has improved. Uh, you're off of a bye. Show up today. We've seen the Bears at spots under Eberflus not show up. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think many fans want a new coach. Show up today. Yeah, I think they will. It's Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We'll continue taking your calls at 312-332-3776. More Bears conversation coming up next. ESPN Chicago. Chicago.